It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Hello and welcome to the Ball Talk Podcast. It's currently Friday, September 3rd at 11:17 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We got blessed this morning with some certified lover boy. So, you know, it's a great day. It's a great day. It's a great day. I'm your host, John Sock. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today? You know who it is. I'm doing well, man. You know, the seasons are changing already out here. It feels a little cold. But then, that, like you just said, that CLD just dropped. So all of Canada is getting hot right now. Everyone's enjoying it. I'm sure I, I got to take a second to listen to it, too, after when we get out of here. But uh, no, I'm doing well. Winters are coming, but right now we're just enjoying the sun while it's out here and, and enjoying some ball. The season's getting, as the seasons change, you know, the regular seasons come around the corner. NFL's a week away. NBA training camp's like 10 days away. We're, we're really getting there. Yeah, training. Yeah. Oh, man. We're a month away from the season. We mm-hmm. also have to do a football episode. And we're hoping to get interviews back soon because your boy has a schedule again. We, we officially have schedules again. We're officially real people again. So, uh, <laughs> You know, once we Welcome get our September. lives sorted out, we're happy to start having people back on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. If you or any, anyone you know is a Division One or professional level player and wants to come get on, talk about ball, let us know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll work something out. Maybe we won't. Who knows? Yeah. I, who knows? Depends on our schedules. Yes, sir. Um, th- today's episode will be our last purely Eastern Conference deep dive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can stop complaining about the big East Coast market ba- bias and all that. Okay, we're done with it after this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Detroit, Cleveland, and Orlando. And I know none of these teams are likely to make the playoffs, but it's still going to be an interesting episode. Like, I promise it's going to be a good time. Yeah, they got all got a lot of things on their roster that are going to be very exciting to watch the season and talk about going into the season. Mm-hmm. We're going to start off with Detroit. Uh, you know what? No, no, before we start, I just want to say, I know we're looking at these teams. I'm going to say it now. Everyone and their mother thinks that none of these teams are going to make the play-in. None of these teams are playoffs. None of them think they'll even make the play-in. I high-key think that they all have enough talent to. I'm not going to sit here and argue that they will, but Mm -hmm. I will sit here and argue that they have enough talent to make that play-in game, that next, that level of, uh, of team. Yeah. And I think the best place to start is the team that I think is most likely to make that jump of this three and that would be the Detroit Pistons. Detroit Pistons traded Mason Plumlee in the pick that became JT Thor to get off Mason Plumlee's money. Uh, they also got the pick that became Balsa, Cop- Balsa Coprivica. They used the money to bring in Kelly Olenek on a three-year $37.2 million deal with a $3 million guarantee in the final year. They brought mm-hmm. back Kojo, Corey Joseph on the, ro- on the room exception. They got Rodney Magruder on the minimum. Hami Diallo on a one-plus-one deal. 10-4 total, 5-2 each year. The second year is a team option. Mm. Uh, Sabin and Lee as a 2.1 for essentially the minimum. They drafted Luca Garza, Isaiah Livers, and Balza Koprivica in the second. They got the number one overall pick and drafted Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. We mm-hmm. love Cade on this podcast. I love Cade, I love Cade Cunningham. <laughs> uh, Koprivica appears to be stashed in Serbia right now, and the Pistons currently have 16 players on guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Frank Jackson also got brought back to the team. Oh, Trey okay. Lyles they brought in as well. So, uh, the, honestly, this Detroit Pistons offseason with the signings of Kelly Olynyk, bringing back Corey Joseph and bringing in Trey Lyles, it seems like they might be on the on the move to Windsor. They're 20% Canadian now. And Kate Cunningham, Canadian in disguise. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but I mean, that first overall pick in Kate Cunningham, obviously a blessing for the city of Detroit and someone that we've been talking about all year now, it seems like mm-hmm. from the NCAA start all the way until the draft and just an incredible, incredible talent, bright, bright future in this league. Super excited to see him start this season off and, and what they're going to be doing. Dwayne Casey's got one more year extended on this team too. So I don't know if they're looking to, to just see if this will be a test year with Cade and then they'll bring in somebody else or if Dwayne's really going to work his defensive magic and earn himself another extension. Hey, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, Dwayne Casey's just an interesting coach in terms of like what he is and what he brings mm-hmm. because, of, you know, his history with the Raptors. The moment he left, they won a championship, but he did such a great job in developing those guys to get to that level. And that's still worth a lot. I mean, look at the Indiana Pacers who, you know, they were a fir- first round team fire Nate McMillan. <laughs> now they're not even in the playoffs. <laughs> and like, yes, there was some health stuff there. Yes. But um, mm-hmm. that was still a team that could have made the playoffs in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, hey, it came into the play-ins, which is where mm-hmm. you think Detroit might end up. Yeah. What about the Detroit Pistons points to a play-in game for you? Sorry, what'd you say? Uh, well, it's that- just Kate Cunningham. It's just Kate Cunningham. It's just mm. Kate. I mean, not just Kate Cunningham, but it's the fact that you're bringing in a guy like Kate Cunningham, who's just such a top level talent. Like mm. I, I've I, I've tried to explain what his ceiling is to people, and just the way that you have to do it is you have to say like you just have like there's no way to explain Kate Cunningham's ceiling without talking about some of the best players in the league right now or in the league ever. Yeah, and. Look, I, I've heard rumors that he's actually 6'6", which does kind of hurt his ability, but he's still a great defender, mm-hmm. even if he's not as tall as he's, as as 6'8". Still a great defender. Obviously not the world's best athlete. We've all seen it, but look at Luka Doncic, who is really not the world's best athlete, <laughs> and he's probably one of the five best players in the league. Mm-hmm. I think he's the. I think I have him as the fifth. I have a, I have a list somewhere I need to update. Um, there's tons, like... Mm-hmm. Depending on how good Cade Cunningham shows up this season, they could make the playoffs right away. His his shot is just that good. His uh, his passing vision is amazing. Yes, he has to work on the turnovers, but I think a lot of that will be kind of negated. One thing that I liked is the bringing in of Kelly Olynyk and Trey Lyles because I just think having more spacing for a guy mm-hmm. like Cade could be really huge. I still would like to have had someone who can dive. They don't really have a diving center on their roster. Right now, unless they really embrace uh, sent, uh, Sekou Dumboya as a small ball center, which I think they should, mm-hmm. they don't have I anyone mean, that you kind of look at as someone who will just dive, dive, dive. And I think that would be another good look next to Cade. I think you got Cade Cunningham, the number bit. one overall. You got Cade Cunningham, and you got so many other young players that could take a huge jump. Mm-hmm. I think the jump from Kelly Olinick, from Mason Plumley to Kelly Olinick, even though I'm higher on Mason Plumley than others, is more than notice a noticeable jump. Mm. Jeremy Grant's going to get to take a little bit more time off the ball, get back into the role that he was in with Denver, obviously still scoring a bunch more, but focusing on defense, focusing on mm-hmm. playing some on and off ball stuff, switching around more with, uh, with Kate Cunningham. I, I really think that this team has a lot of upside mm-hmm. compared to where people are talking about them right now as if they're guaranteed to be a bottom five team guaranteed to be losers this year guaranteed to not go anywhere this year i think that that's really selling this team short Mm -hmm. and i think you're really right to mention that there's a lot of a lot of other young guys along with kate cunningham obviously the number one overall pick that have a potential to take a big step this year like sadiq bay was one of the best rookies in the class last year he's 
hopefully going to be starting for this team and he's going to have a real opportunity to establish himself as a, a prominent 3D player in the league. You talk about a, a rim running big or a diving big. Beast Stu is not necessarily the most high flying and, and mm-hmm. fastest athletic big, but he is really, really strong. He can definitely get up there when the ball is thrown to him. Like, let's not mess around. He is still 6'11". Like, he's Mm -hmm. still at NBA center. So this guy will be able to get to the rack on the pick and rolls. He'll set hard screens to get Kate open when they run that. And then you talk about a guy who is really, not I want to say underrated, but polarizing in last year's draft in Killian Hayes, who is injured for most of the season. Killian Hayes. Kevin O'Connor's number one player on his big board, who he already is out on and already back back in on. Sorry, had to say that. I'm never gonna let that go. I'm never gonna let that go. <laughs> never, like never. I I'm gonna meet him and he's gonna say something and I'm gonna be like, I I'm sorry. Like you, uh, this is still the <laughs> wildest thing I've ever that I've seen on a podcast. Um, sorry. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Killian Hayes, polarizing player. Mm-hmm. Killian Hayes, like just one of those guys in last year's draft who people thought was wildly taken way too high. People thought could have been a a top three pick with his talent level coming out of France. So I think with him having that injury last year and enough time to come back and recoup and train this whole summer and offseason, it's looking like a real dangerous team in Detroit right now that they have just a lot of young dudes, a lot of guys who want to prove themselves in this league. And that's something that you love to see when you could get a group of guys like that together and really go get get after it. They were already giant killers last year at the beginning of the season. It's something to build on, and it's it's going to be really – the sides are pointing up in Detroit, whether you like it or not for this year. Mm-hmm. I think they're definitely on the right path. Yeah, I, I think people were really, like, kind of too focused on the summer league. That's, mm-hmm. like, what the thing I've been getting. I, I, liked, I like that we do our deep dives in such small bits compared to other podcasts that do them, like – yeah, we're going to do the entire East, we're going to do the entire West, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. A lot of people have just become very focused on that Summer League performance by Hayes, which was not very good. To be fair, I think everyone on that Pistons roster didn't do great except for Saban Lee and Sekou Dumboya. Like, everyone else struggled. Mm -hmm. I think that's just kind of the way it goes when it's Summer League and you're running a bunch of ball handlers like this squad has. Yeah. You got a lot of guys that like to play on the ball in Summer League. The guys that they're playing with are not NBA are not all NBA level guys. There's they're not able to run the same kind of practices. Most of these practices are just kind of tryouts. They're not pushing the guys the same way that you usually would push someone, you know, for your regular practices, stuff like that. They're mm-hmm. not getting the same NBA level like NBA level hype, NBA level this, NBA level that. It's not the same level. Yeah. So Yes, it's great to see that the the flashes from Saban Lee and Sekou Dumboya, but I'm not out on Killian Hayes just because he struggled. I'm I'm not out on Sadiq Bay because he struggled in summer league. I'm not out on Cade Cunningham because he struggled in summer league. Like they all, I, I imagine they're all going to move through it mm-hmm. and show something in the regular season, and then we can decide if we're out on these guys. But I really just see like. I mean, Killian Hayes is a polarizing one, but the rest of these guys, I just, I've, we've watched them play last year and they all looked really good. Yeah. I'm and, not super worried. Mm-hmm. And especially the summer league. I mean, for a team like this in Detroit, where all these guys, a lot of them are coming together for the first time to play together. You still got guys trying to make the team going against a full lineup of dudes on other teams who are all trying to make rosters. Like mm-hmm. it's some of the most competitive, but also just un unfocused NBA basketball. Like we got mm-hmm. a lot of just people running around doing as much as they possibly can every second, trying to make every minute on the floor count. 
which you appreciate and you love to see, but that's not what the NBA really looks like on a day-to-day basis during the regular season. I think once you see Detroit get into their groove a little bit more and start playing against regular opponents who have real sets that they run against and defenses and schemes that they'll have prepared for every team, you'll see a lot more improvements. I mean, you, you mentioned Cade Cunningham's turnover issues. I think a lot of that at OK State, at least, just goes back to the fact that he's playing with a bunch of dudes who will never do anything after college basketball. And I mean, Mm -hmm. getting to play division one NCAA basketball is an incredible achievement and congratulations to all those dudes who now get to say that they were Kate Cunningham's teammate before he made it to the NBA, but he's playing with real NBA players now who are going to be in the right spots, who are going to make the right plays, make good catches and good reads. So I think that's going to help him a lot. And and going back to Jeremy Grant quickly, just being able to get back to his natural slasher role a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And you'll see him like he could still spot up shoot. They'll still, I'm sure, give him time to create his own shot. But Jeremy Grant is just a rip as a floor running slasher, someone who's going to work off of pick and rolls. And as a roll man or a ball handler, I think we'll see a lot more out of him Mm -hmm. than we did because we saw him take such a big jump last year. But now we could see him add all those things that he added to his bag, along with falling back into Mm -hmm. a more natural role on the floor. It, it could spell really a brilliant season for him mm-hmm. and a lot of things in the right way. Even Josh Jackson last year looked really, really good for them. Uh, and I to think... have him mm-hmm. no, keep going. Sorry. And to have him coming off the bench or, or starting or however they decide to run it with a guy like Sadiq Bey, who they can learn from each other defensively, offensively and work together on the wings. It's there's a lot of pieces on this Detroit Pistons team that once they figure out how they all work together could make for, for a very beautiful game of basketball. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I think that uh, Detroit did that I really liked was the way that they picked up Jeremy Grant, was the way that they brought in Josh Jackson. I, I thought they were going to get value from Mason Plumley, but they just I think that they kind of hit a point where they needed to move off of him because they needed to get Isaiah Stewart into the rotation more. Mm-hmm. And, like, yes, you can just say play Isaiah Stewart more, but they also needed to get people to compliment him, to compliment him and Cade, which I think is why Kelly Olynyk was such a great signing for them. Yeah. Um. But bringing in, uh, I'll, I'll get in on that on a second, but I kind of like what they did with bringing in Jeremy Grant, Josh Jackson, Mason Plumley, all these guys, because they're gaining, they gained so much value by getting to have the ball in their hands for a whole season. Like Jeremy Grant is without a doubt going to be, I, I imagine is going to be way better this season than he was two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Just because he spent the whole season on the ball, using using the ball, taking shots, learning what it's like to be that number one guy, a role that he hasn't had since I guess he was in the G League probably. Yeah. Even when he was back at Syracuse, he wasn't the number one guy. There was Ennis and CJ Fair that were there taking those, taking the being the main guys on that team. Mm-hmm. He's not. He's never had that opportunity to be the number one guy since either high school or the G League. He finally got that, and now he gets to slide back into I guess he'd be the number two behind Cade. Or with Cade, like yeah. maybe like a one B to Cade's one A, mm. but he's got that a year of experience in that role. So obviously he's not like a vet, an experienced player who's gonna tell like Cade, oh yeah, like Carmel Anthony would be to talking about Cade about being the number one guy. But mm. Jeremy Grant still has experience with that. He has experience at every single different role on the floor at this point. He's been a small <laughs> ball five. He's been a point guard. He's done everything. Having that kind of experience in your locker room is going to be is going to be huge for players and Mm -hmm. his value is going to be a lot better next season as a player in my opinion for winning games and they still have him under contract for another year after that Mm. 
Yeah, and I mean, before we we pivot off the Detroit Pistons, the one main talking point that I've seen a lot recently come up for them has been out of from Sekou Dumboya and his cap and just whether he'll be part of this team. There, there was discussions on whether they're waiving him, they look to trade him. They do have 16 men on the roster right now, so someone's going to need to get moved before the season starts. What what do you think of Sekou's uh, fortunes in Detroit right now? I just think it would be a huge mistake to move off of him right now. Uh, like, just because what's the point of drafting Luka Garza if you plan to keep Jaleel Okafor on the roster? <laughs> Not to be rude to j- either of those two guys, but how many teams have that many back down centers? How many teams mm-hmm. have that many big back down centers? Yes, Luka Garza has more to his bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jaleel, but Jaleel Okafor is bigger, a better defender just by being so much larger and more athletic, which is mm-hmm. not a compliment of Jaleel Okafor's athleticism. It's a knock on Luka Garza's. Um, I don't mm-hmm. see why you have both of those guys. And then you're like, yeah, I guess we're going to wave Sekou Dumboya. Like, just keep him. You've got him on a team option next season. Mm-hmm. You're not like, you're going to have, according to my sheet, you'll have 30 million in cap space, including every sing- everything being picked up. Just because Blake Griffin comes off the, off the, off the, off the, mm-hmm. cap off the dead cap. You'll have 40 million. You could go pick up, you could go pick up some assets. You could go pick up some players. Maybe you go get Kevin Love, honestly, get some extra, <laughs> get some assets from the, from the Cavaliers. If the Cavaliers are having a good season, which we'll talk about them soon. Mm-hmm. I just think getting out on Seku early is not a great move, especially because he's going to have a considerable salary next season that you could use for matching. You're losing Josh Jackson's 5 million this year. You are not trading Killian Hayes' 5 million. Corey Joseph will likely opt in. You're not sure, but he's likely going to opt in. You have Seku Dumboy at 5 million also. He'll, he'll give you more, more ways to match contracts. And quite mm-hmm. frankly, if this team isn't, even if this team is making the playoffs, look at what, look at Memphis. Look at Memphis. They made the playoffs and they're still like, yeah, we'll take Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe for some picks. Mm-hmm. Like we'll still accept all the picks. We're still trying to add more to this talent, to the talent. Just because you're making the playoffs doesn't mean you can't still be picking up assets too. Yeah. And having these contracts at that midsize makes it a lot easier to absorb bad, bad contracts, help people clear cap space. And quite frankly, like when I was doing the Orlando magic, right, right up because Orlando has two expiring contracts at good values. No one's really trying to clear cap space this year. I don't mm-hmm. think. I don't see any team that's trying to clear cap space this year. So having those contracts for next year to clear cap space could be really interesting for some teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think at least for Seku's sake as a as a player, I think he honestly still projects as yeah. a very high ceiling in this league. Like there's a lot of things that Seku can still bring to a team in term, at least on the defensive end, just with his raw talent and athleticism. Like he can guard anywhere from the three, four, five. It looks like if he puts in a little more work and then if he just develops a little bit of a slasher game and, and works more with Jeremy Grant, you're looking at someone who can be a valuable big off the bench for you who could switch all over the place and, and give you good defensive minutes and good ball handling minutes. So I think it, it would definitely be foolish to give up on Seku this early in his NBA career. Someone I, I, who's I also think that he could be a really good, I mean, look, I think that his floor is you just tell him, all right, you're a five now. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Like I think he's he's athletic enough, he's strong enough. Maybe he's not going to be the perfect defense, but I just think these teams these teams look. If you're not making the playoffs, it's time to start experimenting. Even if you are, you should be experimenting during the regular season. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the Detroit Pistons see themselves. I I'm not sitting here and acting like I know. That's why you know. In one breath, I'll say I think they can make the play, and in the other one, I'm saying if you're not making the playoffs, like. 
You should be exper I don't know where the what the Detroit Pistons plan is. We'll see once we see their minute distribution, you know. <laughs> but mm -hmm. there's no reason that Sekou Dumboya shouldn't be getting an opportunity at backup center. At yeah. least that you have someone who can be your dive threat with Cade Cunningham. And Sekou is one of the most athletic guys in the league. The guy jumps out of the gym. The guy's mm -hmm. long, long arms to all craziness. Just turn him into a lob. There's making be a lob threat. And I, I don't think he'd mind. Yeah. If Bruce I don't think Brown he'd mind. He hasn't done anything impressive in the league yet. No offense, Sekou. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. But having, having him do that, he could find somewhere. Hey, maybe he's really good at this. Maybe yeah. he's really good as this rim running, rim running small ball center who goes and hits hard and plays good defense. And that gets him on the floor more, and then he develops more, and on and on and on and on and on and on. Mm. Maybe you could even turn him into like a—I don't know that he's got the floater game to be a Bruce Brown type, but In I just think vein, you have hopefully. to experiment with him. You have to experiment. He's—he's he's what I've got him. I've got his age right here. He is like twenty maybe years old. Yeah, that's insane. He is so young. There, are, Chris Duarte was four years older than him. Just got drafted mm. in the lottery. Yeah. I just think you don't you don't go out on a twenty year old this early when there are you know when you're picking up Rodney Magruder on on a minimum and Jaleel Okafor is on you signed Jaleel Okafor to a two year all this you've got other other players that should not have been prioritized over giving someone a chance even if you're he's mostly just a G League flyer type guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think Seku should be should be given an opportunity on the squad, and I mean I don't have much else to say for the Pistons. Shout out I, Isaiah. I Lovers. actually have a bit more. Uh, sorry. Go for it. I kind of want to talk about the Kelly Olynyk fit because mm. it took me a little while to get it. It took me a mm. little while to get the Mason Plumlee trade. And like, sometimes it's just like, it, cause they had, so they did the Mason Plumlee trade to get the money to sign Kelly Olynyk, essentially. At first I was like, that's not a great move. I don't know why, <laughs> you know, Mason Plumlee is not as good as Kelly Olynyk, obviously, but he's still good. He can still kind of run your offense. He's more of a diving guy than he is a shooting guy, but he's still good. And it just took me a little while to like sit there and be like, oh, wait, like, Olenek could actually play with Stewart. Mm -hmm. He's going to provide great spacing for Cade. He's a good fit. He, he He's a great locker room guy. He might be okay coming off the bench at some point. Mm -hmm. um, he's more athletic than we give him credit for, but so is Plumlee. I just think that it actually was a really good move to bring in a guy like that that can – that not only has experience winning on that Heat team that went to the finals on so many Boston Celtics teams, mm -hmm. uh, being the absolute Washington Wizards killer. Game seven Kelly, baby. A nice, just tough, go-hard player. I mm -hmm. think he's going to bring a great mentality to this locker room that could help out a lot and pay some good dividends. Um, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I love Kelly Olenek. I think he's a great fit on any team. So for them to be able to brought him in here where he's going to be able to, yes, space the floor, but also, like, he's he's a big guard. If you don't know about Kelly Olenek, literally trained his entire life to be a point guard until he was 17 years old and 6'4 and grew to be 6'11 that summer. Mm -hmm. And that's when he became a big. But he has all the skill sets of a guard and all the mentality and, and traits of a, a ball-handling point guard. Mm -hmm. So for him to be able to come into a team with another big guard in Cade and show him a little bit of the ropes of, how things happen in the NBA, but also be able to stretch the floor. And like you mentioned, just provide good veteran leadership in the locker room and good presence among the, among the guys. I think it's a great fit, obviously. And I think he'll be a really, really good addition for this business team. And the last thing I want to talk about is just all the ball handlers on this team. 
<laughs> hear me out like I, i'm gonna be honest i literally just copied from my cap sheet because i think the first six guys like six highest paid guys on this team are all guys that you'd imagine want the ball in their hands <laughs> jeremy grant kelly olinick kate cunningham killian hayes josh jackson Corey joseph frank jackson hami diallo and sabin lee all are the kind of guys that have the ball in their hands a lot mm-hmm. and it's just an interesting philosophy in my opinion like when you're going to test, when you're still testing the waters to figure out what works best next to Cade Cunningham to go the route of playmakers. I'm pretty sure that's what the Lakers did. What was it? The year before AD showed up, get all the playmakers you can. And mm-hmm. then AD showed up and they're like, yeah, we got KCP starting and Danny green and Rondo will learn how to shoot. And Avery mm-hmm. Bradley will shoot. And Marquise Morris will play minutes and he'll shoot. And uh, just get all splash. the shooters out here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kyle Kuzma is going to work on his shot. Like, they just switched it up to being like a big shooting team and obviously Cade isn't LeBron mm-hmm. way less athletic but it's an interesting philosophy to start with and I guess we'll see how it works especially because a lot of those guys are not horrible shooters mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant is an alright shooter Olenek's a great shooter um, Ko- Kojo's not a bad shooter I don't think and Saban yeah. Lee kind of looks like he might get a shot one day Mm-hmm. it's a start and I'm just going to be interested to see where this team goes for sure. Now I'm ready to move on. Now I can, now I can, I can, now we can get started on Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. who had a very interesting offseason, in my opinion, uh, surprisingly big spenders for a team that just did not have a lot of cap to go and spend. They already have a max contract on their books. They had Ricky Rubio. They traded for Ricky Rubio at 17, eight. They had a bunch of mid-sized contracts. They had the number three pick that costed a lot of money, and they still found the way to say, "Hey, we're going to spend a ton of money." Mm-hmm. Big ups. That's why I love G- good GMs that know how to know how to do some magic. Kobe Altman, Im- impressive GM work from Kobe Altman. Not sure that I love how he spent the money, but impressive that he freed it up. Mm-hmm. They started the offseason with a five-year, hundred million dollar deal for Jared Allen. Cha-ching! And then they signed Laurie Markkinen on a four-year, sixty-seven million dollar deal. Mm-hmm. And then they traded Torian Prince and a second for Ricky Rubio. And then they just signed Taco Fall. They also used the number three overall pick on Evan Mobley. I think that's literally all they did. Yeah, that's I- it, yeah, that's all I wrote down. The only other things that they have done were Mufiondu, Capengale, yeah, and I wasn't Lamar sure Stevens. He, I wasn't sure if... No, Lamar Stevens was on the roster last year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about Capengale, though. Uh, I cannot he- remember off the top of my head. They signed him at the end of the year to a 10-day, and then they both ended up signing three-year end-of-season extensions at the end of last season. I actually like Lamar Stevens, so I'm kind of happy with it. Yeah. Um, Kuban Gelly looked really, really bad in Summer League. And worse worse than that, he looked really, really bad next to Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. Like, they should never play together. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's bad that we walked out of Summer League and said, oh, my God, he cannot play next to Evan Mobley. <laughs> the number three overall pick that they just got. Um, mm-hmm. Never something you want to see from a guy who just got his opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love those Clippers drafting late bigs. Shout out to Daniel Oturu. We hope you stay on a team. I like you, Oturu. Um, I like Capengele too. I, I don't think this is the fit for him. Obviously, they have a, an overload of the bigs. Do you want to hop into that right away with Cleveland? Sure, man. Okay, so... Um, is it weird that they can run an all seven footers lineup without their number three overall pick, Evan Mobley? <laughs> yes. The answer the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> and I don't know why they picked up Taco Fall. I've heard rumors it's a minimum. I th- I heard also it's an exhibit ten. An exhibit ten would not surprise me for um for Taco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I just, I think they're jumping into it too fast. I uh, hear me out. Mm. You get the number three overall pick. You already have Colin Sexton, who was a high pick. Darius Garland, who was a high pick. Um, <laughs> hold up, I Isaac Okoro was fifth overall. Isaac Okoro was, was fourth. Fifth. Thank you. Yeah. They've got all these top high high level picks. Why are you? So it's time to start cashing in. Like, how is it that we're looking at a team that's got, I think, four top seven picks? Yeah, marketing Coral Garland, sex. Yeah, if more marketing too now. Count marketing yeah. now. They got they brought in marketing, and we're people are still like, yeah, I don't see them winning this year. That's not okay. It's like five top ten picks. In the so last I shouldn't five be drafts. saying yeah they're jumping in too early, but they kind of are with the Jared Allen extension and the Laurie marketing extension. I just think they're both one year too long. Mm. I don't see why you sign Jared Allen for a five year period. When you have Evan Mobley, like, yeah. what do you think Evan Mobley is going to, hey, how is, I don't see why you signed Jared Allen to a flat deal. Five years better than an increasing, but decrease it. Mm-hmm. That at least, when it's later on, it you can justify starting Mobley or put or or trading Allen easier. Easier as a trade, I. Mm-hmm. I I just think we saw we saw Mobley in summer league. There was already a lot of a lot of talks. Maybe he could play power forward. Maybe he can't. I don't know. I was in the camp of he needs to be a center in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I watched the uh, last year. Uh, I watched the last. Um, I watched the summer league, his summer league plays, and I am pretty sure he needs to be a center now, almost <laughs> full time. I kind of thought he could be like a Bam out of bio type where it's like, oh, sometimes he's a center. But if we've got like a big four who can shoot, maybe we'll start him next to him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we're ever going to get that kind of role out of uh, Evan Mobley, at least mm-hmm. I, at least not for a little while. So I just think yeah. you go all in on bringing in Jared Allen as your big guy and then Laurie Markkinen as another as a four who can shoot i'm kind of just like so one of those guys has to come off the bench right you're not mm-hmm. playing Lori at the three right like i just no no any anyone from the chicago bulls organization i'll tell you please do not play Lori marketing at the three it'll hurt your fan base to watch he's he doesn't have the foot speed to do it he projects as a very good floor spacing four but like you mentioned, with Jared Allen getting that large extension, with the drafting of Evan Mobley and Kevin Love, who's been adamant on does not want to be bought out mm-hmm. and doesn't really seem like he wants to be traded or that anyone wants to pick up that $30 million right now, it, it leaves a lot of clogged front court minutes. Mm-hmm. And to have those guys like Evan Mobley off the rip now, I don't see any way for him to start unless you're benching your $100 million man. Or your or your sixty seven million dollar man, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's no way they're not starting Mobley, right? That would just be malpractice. Like, there's no way they're not starting Mobley. Like, that would literally be malpractice to draft the guy third overall <laughs> and not start him. Uh, I, I can I talk a little bit more about this Jared Allen contract because we didn't talk mm-hmm. about him enough at the start because we didn't see the Rashawn Holmes contract. No center made even half as much as Jared Allen did. Yeah, and Jared Allen got his deal so early. Who were you betting against? <laughs> Who you have his? I, I look. You have his restricted free agent rights. Mm-hmm. Just wait. If you're willing to pay him a hundred million, n- okay, maybe it becomes twenty five over four, and you're like, oh no, we played ourselves. We have to match a twenty five million. We have to match a bunch of weird, weird uh, incentives or whatever. Oh no, 
Mm-hmm. If Jared Allen actually wanted to be in Cleveland, he wouldn't make you match a really bad offer. He'd tell you, this is how much money I got. Would you like to sign me to one that isn't horrible? That isn't like all these weirdness to it. Mm-hmm. So you'd hope that you don't have to sign a weird, but like, who, who are they you competing with? Is? No one even yeah. had the money to pay him a hundred million. The, the 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 Hornets couldn't offer more than fifteen million a year. Mm-hmm. Sacramento couldn't offer anything. Were you worried about Toronto? Spurs, like <laughs> the Spurs, I guess the Spurs have Pirtle, who they're happy with. If you could have gotten a, a Jared Allen for Pirtle sign and trade, I would have taken it just because it's less commitment for when Evan Mobley is trying to move over to center. Mm-hmm. And I I think Jared Allen is a lot better than Pirtle. I also think Pirtle's underrated. No, 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 it's. Yeah, I'm not a whole other discussion right now. Whole other discussion, maybe another offseason time. But the center rankings will see, come out eventually. I don't see why you signed these two this, the contract for Jared Allen for so long, and then mm-hmm. adding Laurie Markkinen into the mix it just makes it even weirder. Yeah, I do think that Markkinen will fit better next to Mobley, but I would have just mm-hmm. kept Nance. I would have been happy with just keeping Nance on his yeah. smaller deal, harder defender next to Mo- next to Mobley. Could play him as a small ball, as guarding fives. Markkinen, I don't know that he can really guard fives. Mm. I don't know that Mobley can guard fives. So if you're playing them together, you're just surrendering points. And this, this is why teams are saying, we're saying that they're not going to make the playoffs again because they don't have a a way to play defense right now, except for Jared Mm. Allen. Yeah. And Jared Allen doesn't seem to be able to project to play with Evan Mobley at all. And if they do, it'll be very interesting how they decide to run their offense because mm-hmm. you definitely can't run Jared Allen and Evan Mobley out there with Isaac Okoro as well. Because mm-hmm. as, as much as I like Isaac Okoro as a wing defender, he doesn't have the jump shot to be able to space the floor at all with those two bigs out there. It's going to be – J.B. Bickerstaff is going to have his work cut out for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I look at this and I look at the lineups and I'm like, I don't know like – I don't know how they fit together, but I like all the talent. Yeah. I like Jared Allen. I really like Jared Allen. I have him, I think, as the eighth best center in the league. I have a list somewhere. Mm. Top 10 center in the league, I believe. Maybe top 11. I I like Markkinen. I loved him his rookie year. He really, I thought he was going to be just Steve Novak 2.0. I watched him his rookie year. I'm like, oh, no, this guy can actually play. Mm -hmm. And he proceeded to really get no opportunity under Boylan. um, When uh, no opportunity really this, this season. Mm-hmm. struggled with finding a role the whole time struggled with injuries if he comes back to his rookie self i actually think he could play really well next to mobley yeah especially if he can bulk especially if he either bulks up to guard bigs or like figures out a if he can pro- turn into like a baby kelly olenic mm. i think marketing could fit really well next to mobley yeah but i just i'm looking around like there's you can't i like okoro but how are you going to play him and and Mobley and Allen and Sexton and Garland? Is that your starting five? Is it? I or mean, do you see Okoro as a two? And at what point, then what are you doing with Sexton? Is he coming off the bench now? Hmm. Is Sexton like your super sixth man? Is he going to accept that role? Are you like, what do you, I don't even, I don't know how you make the pieces fit in a way that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked training for Rubio in theory. But I just think this team could use shooting. Yeah, I mean, I this I, team could really use shooting when Okoro's not much of a shooter. Uh, Sexton's not like a lights out shooter; he can shoot. Um, mm-hmm. Allen is not as a, a non shooter. Mobley doesn't look for his shot the moment he catches it. You didn't have Markkinen at the time, and there was no really guarantee you were going to get him. And you don't know which Markkinen you're going to be getting. 
Mm-hmm. I think that Oz, I mean, I don't know. I would have rather kept Taurine and I wouldn't have given up a second to make the move for Rubio happen. Yeah, I mean, I I like Ricky Rubio. Obviously, he's one of the better veteran point guards in the league and being able to get people in the right positions. And maybe they really like the the aspect of being able to run pick and rolls and pick and pops with the bigs. And they think that'll be their most effective thing. Because to be fair, that's what Darius Garland excels at too. So mm-hmm. I think he, he could be a bit of a mentor for Darius Garland more than anything. But yeah, I mean, the, the accumulation of bigs seems to point to me in the direction of like they're looking on the horizon to after Colin Sexton and maybe preparing for Darius Garland to take the reins here because this team doesn't seem assembled in a way that Colin Sexton can really excel in what he does because mm-hmm. what he does is attack the paint well, work in the mid-range, and get to the bucket. And when you have guys like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley who are going to be sitting on that low block the entire 24 seconds, I don't know how he's ever going to get to the bucket. And if he does, like that high float pass, it's a good one to make, but it's not the easiest pass in the world, especially when you're going to have so many other bigs clogging the paint already looking for that because that'll be your only outlet option. Mm-hmm. And just, it, it, it just, it, compl- it complicates the whole Sexton thing. And mm-hmm. like right now, like, yes, I, I like Colin Sexton. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I, I don't know what team would make the move for him is the issue is the first issue. Mm. I don't know what team would make the move for him that would also give up enough that it's worth moving Colin Sexton. But you've made it very clear, it looks like, that Colin Sexton isn't a part of the future. Mm-hmm. You need to get him on an extension or you need to get him out of there. And I just think trading Larry Nance, by the way, definitely could have gotten more value for Larry Nance. So much more value for Larry Nance. Like, how what did the what did, like I just don't get how Larry Nance goes for just Lori like I guess it was a lottery protected first in theory they traded him to to Cleveland they traded him to Portland got Derrick Jones Jr. and the lottery protected first and then sent that and a second to go get Lori Markinen and in, in, mm-hmm. in theory the three team trade theory yeah I I just don't get how he wasn't worth two firsts I don't get why you don't <laughs> hold him a little bit to see hey wait wait like here's the thing what if you're the Boston Celtics what if you're the Boston Celtics and you're sitting there and you're Al Horford's coming off your bench because you're starting Robert Williams on his nice extension. He's doing really well. Mm-hmm. Osman, maybe like Nance and Osman for Horford or something. There's there's something there. Mm. There's some way to make the numbers work or like Nance and, Nance and Torian Prince. Maybe Torian Prince going to a third team. You give uh, Boston some nice cal- salary relief and then they don't have to pay one more year of Horford. You might get an asset in there, maybe two firsts even, maybe Romeo Langford. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't think that they should have traded him for so little. Yeah. Especially, I just don't get paying so much for a sign and trade in general. Mm-hmm. It's very weird for me to send out a first in a sign and trade. I feel like a sign and trade, it's like, I'm paying your guy. Like, just let me take him. Yeah, like, let I'll me sign the seconds. players. I wouldn't that... give you more than a first in a sign and trade unless I thought the player was an all-star. Like if I was signing trading for someone who just made the all-star game, like, yeah, sure. Take a first, but like Laurie marketing has been pretty booty for the, for the bulls for the last two years. He, mm-hmm. they couldn't even work him into the Spurs sign in trade, which by the way, would have been the moment to pounce. <laughs> it would have been the moment to pounce to try to be like, Hey, wait, this isn't working. Let me get in there. Let me see what, if I can make some money in this, how much do you want? And work that. Mm. I don't know. It's a weird, yeah. it's a weird fit of talent. And I don't, know how they're going to be competitive. I don't know how they move forward from here with this roster. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't see where the end goal is. I don't know. 
are they trying like do they want to clear cap space because if they move sexton there's we just talked about D- detroit orlando will also have money there's there is teams with cap space for next offseason mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of teams that actually a lot, a lot of players available yeah like i do think it is possible to dump kevin love if you're okay t- attaching an asset and that asset might just be Colin Sexton. And then you get like, you get both, yeah, both things out of the way, but, mm-hmm. but then you just gave up Colin Sexton to move off of Kevin Love's money. And you kind of got egg on your face. You definitely do. And I mean, we, we spoke a lot about the. Hello. Love Allen market and Mobley. And they're all on non-guaranteed deals. Three of them are. If you count Taco Fall, because we don't know if he's on the Exhibit 10 or if he's on a, a minimum right now. But Either way, he's ta- not guaranteed. Yeah, not guaranteed. But Taco, Capengele, Dean Wade, all are strictly four fives as well. No, no. They're I mean, all strictly fives, except for Dean Wade, <laughs> who's a four, four five. Mm-hmm. Marketing and Dean Wade are like four or like small fives where you're okay sacrificing a little on defense. Jared Allen's yeah. a five. Kevin Love, you don't... Do they even I don't know what the like do they play Kevin Love anymore? Like they they were I mean, so mad at him last year. Like why it's ridiculous. <laughs> I and now they're yeah, like, yeah, I don't and, and now they're trying to buy him out and there's this and there's that. Like I don't know what's happening with Kevin Love. And I almost think they just have to get rid of him to, for mm-hmm. everything just to calm everything down. And because he's making twenty nine million dollars next year, I don't if you can trade Kevin Love, yeah, now that there is cap space available. Yes, you'll have a twelve mm-hmm. million cap hold on on Colin Sexton, but without him, without Kevin Love, only with Colin Sexton's cap hold, you've still got space to sign a max contract. It's tight, mm-hmm. it's tight, but you, uh, yeah, it's tight, but you can. You might have to waive Sexton to make it happen. But you can. You might have to dump Osmond somewhere, but you could sign someone. I just don't know who you sign. Yeah. No, and I think one of the things for the Cavs team that just kind of clicked for me, which makes me feel even a little bit worse for this franchise and their fans right now, is just the fact that, uh, honestly, looking at this roster, definitely projects to be one of the lower-ranked teams in the NBA. Mm. I don't think anyone has has anything different to say about that for the Cavaliers. But Mm. the problem for me is that you're going into a draft class that has primarily extremely talented bigs at the top mm. like chet holmgren has no space on this team you know like paolo Banchero has no space on this team jalen duran no spot on this roster mm. so you're looking at a team that even if you end up with a, a first second overall pick you're gonna have to either look to move it or are we adding more front court guys and there's there's a lot of things that this cavaliers team is going to need to figure out throughout the season i think to get themselves ready for next year because there, there's going to be a lot of problems that I definitely do not envy JB Bickerstaff and how he's going to be able to have to put out lineups to to go out there and try to compete every night in, in that quick and loans arena. That was like a really good big picture moment with all these bigs that are coming into the next draft. Good. I hadn't even thought about that. I, I, I talk about it on the night for the Orlando Magic, but I, I didn't even think about it for the Cavs. Yeah, they're going to be drafting high and everyone is either like a forward or a center. Like yeah, <laughs> I think Chet's a four. But if you have mm-hmm. Chet and Mo- Chet Holmgren and Mobley, that could be either really really good or absolutely horrible. But then what happened to Laurie and Allen, who are now on your bench, making yeah. thirty five million combined, and you can't get rid of them for at least another two years on Laurie? Like, and 
Kevin Love's or, still making thirty million if you haven't moved him yet. Like, <laughs> it's gonna be ridiculous. It's gonna be a ridiculously expensive cent- crop of centers. You're almost gonna have to go after a, a guard. Oh wait, you have Okoro, Garland, and Sexton just there. There yeah. is going to be an odd man out if this team doesn't put it together this year. Mm-hmm. Let me say this though. There is a way to put it together. Mm. There, there is. There, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna act like there isn't. I do think a lot of it is gonna be reliant on Evan Mobley coming in and being really, really good. Yeah. But he went third overall. He should come in and be really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I. We all know how I feel about Evan Mobley. I've gone over it a hundred times. There's a reason I'm not here beating down the door of they should have taken Suggs at three because they should have taken Suggs at three. He just. I just think he would have put this roster in a much better place flexibility wise, especially if you still were planning on bringing in Lori and Allen suddenly mm-hmm. like a lineup of, Oh, we got Garland Suggs, Osman or Okoro, Lori and Allen. That's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Or you could have traded down gotten five and eight from the magic. Yeah. I imagine I, I'm not a hundred percent sure that was on the table, but I imagine you at least could have gotten five thirty three and a future something. Mm-hmm. From the ma- from the magic to trade down two spots, yeah, and still get Jalen Suggs. Maybe still get Evan Mobley. Who knows? Maybe still get Evan <laughs> Mobley. Maybe still maybe get Scotty Barnes or Jonathan Kuminga, but get mm-hmm. someone who, in my opinion, is the same tier as Evan Mobley while picking up more assets. Yeah, would have been just because Mobley makes this a longer term timeline. But then you've got all these expensive contracts. You don't have the flexibility to start picking up to start picking up bad contracts because you're mm. paying guys a slight premium, but a premium to be on your team. Marketing is on a premium. Allen is on a premium. And that's not to say they're bad players, just that they're paid a lot. Yeah. Osmond is Osmond is on a premium. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I never, I, I never really got the Osmond contract. I do think he's a good kind of like three and attempting on D guy. I would rather have his money than uh Reggie Bullock's, but <laughs> Not by a lot, like yeah. Not by a lot. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's a weirdly constructed roster, and unless there there's moves made throughout the season, Jared Allen or Kevin Love mm-hmm. or or something happens, it's going to be a very interesting off season going into next year for the for Kobe Altman and the Cavs. I'm still holding. I'm still holding out hope. I just I hate to see a team just be a bottom feeder. I really I'm really ho- I like JB Bickerstaff. I hear great things about him anytime you talk about him. I'm really hoping they can put it together and get some, just get the ten seed because hey. on, on paper they have enough talent to make the play in. Same thing I said mm. for Detroit. They have enough talent. Mm. And same thing I'm gonna say for Orlando. They have enough talent. It's just a matter of for for Cleveland. It's really a matter of making it all mesh together, making yeah. it all work together and getting it in. And if not, then I, I just think, I, I just think you shouldn't have signed those Allen and marketing contracts. Cause you should have been ready to start tearing everything down. Yeah. Maybe let, like let Allen get offer sheeted. Don't let Allen leak for nothing, mm-hmm. but just get ready to tear everything down. Don't pick up Rubio. Keep Prince because you're tearing everything down. If yeah. you're not getting an asset for a contract, you're burning that con- You're keeping that contract till it burns Sexton. There's, there is a market for Sexton. I just don't know what it is. Someone would give something for Sexton. Someone would give something of value for Sexton. Yeah. Maybe it's not great value. Maybe it's feature firsts. Maybe it's maybe it's just some young players that aren't panning out so well. Mm-hmm. There is a way to get Colin Sexton somewhere and get some value for him. You just got to yeah. find it. You got to find it. Use it. Maybe, maybe Dallas wants Colin Sexton. 
gives up a gives up a first or two maybe new york who knows there's mm-hmm. something there's there's it, it, he's yeah. a very good player in the nba call or, or just keep him and let him get offer sheeted and just figure it out later like don't maybe sign and trade <laughs> don't sit there figure it out don't sit there and just stack these contracts and stack up this money you should be picking up assets and trying to build for the future but this is kind of like a weird future and now and i don't see mm-hmm. either as like a big win right now and that's not great yeah, Cleveland fans, do yourself a favor and root for the Browns this year. Hey, I'm very <laughs> high, high on the Browns. Uh, Bill Simmons called them a Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl uh, championship level team, and he's one of two podcasts that I've listened to on football so far. So he gets the big, he gets the big up. Wow, no, I called the Browns a Super Bowl level team like a month ago. Did you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I have money on the Browns in the Super Bowl already. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That's my bad. <laughs> Hey, Don't worry, this I've, Browns team's ready to go, baby. I've been running around. I'm sorry. It's been a long time. I got Titans, man. It's um, all good. I'm happy to see Bill Simmons uh, agrees with some smart football logic. Hey, he was he, he was giving my, my Titans no love, so I don't agree with Bill Simmons. It's, it, it's Julio there, time, yeah. okay? It's mm-hmm. Julio time. Derrick Henry's going to r- rush for 3,000 yards this year. First time ever. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. I'm ready for it. All right. La- our last team of the night, Orlando Magic. They did not do very much after the draft. Mm-hmm. They signed Rolo Robin Lopez to a one-year $5 million MLE deal. They signed yeah. Wa- Wagner to a two-year minimum deal where the second year is non-guaranteed. And mm-hmm. they let James Ennis walk away. They At the draft, they got Suggs and Wagner. They traded number 33 overall to the Clippers for a Detroit 2026 second and some cash. Mm-hmm. They also signed Canadian Ignis Brzezdekas to a two-way deal. Orangeville, Preps, Orangeville Prep alum. Michigan alum too, right? Yeah. Worked with Nick Stauskas at Michigan. He was great at Michigan. I was surprised. I'm surprised he hasn't done more in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, Someone give Iggy a chance. Magic, thank you for giving Iggy a chance. (laughs) On a two-way, but definitely a good shot. I mean, Mm -hmm. bringing in Robin Lopez, I don't know. Are the Wizards going to be able to survive without his elite hook shots? I don't know (laughs) if the league will be able to survive. We need more national TV magic just so I can watch Robin Lopez hook shots. Well, no more, no more NBA basketball. I just want to watch Robin Lopez shoot hook shots for two hours straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but uh, I mean, let, mm-hmm. you want to start off the magic drafting Jalen Suggs yeah. at five, Franz Wagner at eight. I, I just wanted to. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually think this team could be really, really good. Yeah. I'm not sure if anyone remind, remembers me saying it, but last year when they started selling all their pieces at the deadline, I said, your two best players get injured. You should tank. You're yep. not like a championship level team. Your two best players get injured. Sell everything. Re- reset. Do a quick reset. Sell anything that's worth selling. Reset the money. Reset the contract. See what you can get. And they got the eighth mm-hmm. overall pick. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. For a team that didn't even make the playoffs to give it to you. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, they got so lucky with Chicago with, with Zach Levine getting health and safety and then Chicago not being able to put it together and all that. They got the eighth overall pick and they have another first coming in from Chicago in two years. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Their young core right now is awesome. They have four legitimately. They legitimately have four good guards, not just good, like good young that can play right now, but are also like under 25, I believe. Fultz is the oldest. How old is Fultz? Where's my sheet? Uh, yeah, Fultz Markel's is 23. Young. Yeah, Markel's still young. They have four guards, 23 and under, that are, that are like actually good. 
They got Gary mm. Harris on a twenty million expiring. They'll probably have to buy him out at some point. But Get Fultz, Fultz mm-hmm. RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs. That's an insane guard rotation. Absolutely. And your boy insane. MCW. The, I, I know. And <laughs> Gary Harris. I'm a huge Gary Harris guy. Mm-hmm. And then you've got on the wing, you've got like John Isaacs, Chuma Okiki, Terrence Ross, um, Franz Wagner. Who am I forgetting? Mm. This is where I'd probably see MCW more as like a three now, I guess. Yeah. I they they've just got players. In that center, mm-hmm. you got Carter Jr., Bamba, Watt, Wagner, Rolo. They got dudes. Yeah. They've just got 14 guys on their roster that I'd consider players. I mean Mo Bamba, the Mo Bamba, the jury is still in session. Mm-hmm. But this is like a team that, quite frankly, if Fultz and Isaacs were healthy, I don't see why they couldn't make the playoffs. Suggs yeah. is, especially if Suggs shows up and is as good as we think that he can be. But mm-hmm. I'm a little skeptical on Suggs, not because of what I've seen, but because he fell. Mm. And maybe it's just because it was, and also because it was a COVID year. Yeah. All the scouts that I trust that get to go to every game, they weren't able to go to every game. They weren't able to show up and watch Suggs for hours. They weren't able to like stalk the Gonzaga campus or whatever it is they do to get all <laughs> their info on him. They yeah. weren't able to get the same. We didn't have the same info this year as we usually get, which is mm. also going to be a huge issue for this next draft class because we have no idea. Their their whole high school experience was wild yeah wrecked but Mm -hmm. if Suggs is actually as good as we thought we both had him number two on our boards yeah um plenty of respected people have had him at number two some people had him at number one after he hit that shot against UCLA which was an overreaction but a great shot a great shot Mm -hmm. this team could honestly be better than like oh I don't know New York Charlotte Chicago Washington, Indiana, without Toronto, Toronto. I mean, I thought yeah. Toronto went without saying. I think they could be better than Toronto <laughs> right now. I, I think Toronto could make the playoffs, but Toronto could also be the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be shocked. But Fultz was legitimately playing at an All Star level before he got hurt. Yeah, like we, you and I were on the on the on the pod. Like he's gonna win MIP if he if he's plays. He's playing like this. There's no discussion on who's gonna win MIP. It's gonna be Fultz by a landslide. He's gonna mm-hmm. be an All Star. He's balling out. Yeah. John Isaacs, whenever he's on the floor, it, I, I hate saying that someone looks like the DPOY because it's become very evident that the DPOY award doesn't mean anything. So mm-hmm. how about this? When John Isaacs is on the floor, he looks like the most impactful and best defender in the league at the same time. Yeah. Just, he does everything. He does yeah. everything. Rim protection, switching, every every pick and roll defense, guard anybody yeah. on the floor, strong enough to guard anyone, fast enough to guard anyone, long mm-hmm. enough to block shots, long enough, smart enough to get in passing lanes. Good yeah. at knocking the ball loose. Just mm-hmm. quite possibly the best defender in the NBA when he's healthy. Yeah. When he's healthy. Hasn't been, but that's a real core. Mm-hmm. That's a real core. Um, I don't see how this, te- like there's, there's a really good chance that this team, no, there's not a really good chance that this team is going to, going to win games, but this team should be able to win games. This team should be able to go to the playoffs, but I think that they're going to kind of be embracing the tank. Honestly, mm. yeah. I mean, I I think it'll a lot of it'll have to depend on on Jonathan Isaac's health at the beginning of the season because he is over a year away from his most recent injury at this point. So 
there there's been talk of maybe he'll be able to be good to start the season. It seems like they'll ease him into it a little more frequently though. So he'll probably be back around November, December, but you look at a, a starting backcourt this season right now with Fultz hurt with Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. And it just screams like, this is going to be a problem to play against. Like I get they are young guards and neither of them are the most elite defenders or this, that, the other, but they're going to be absolutely just running you up and down the floor all game long. They're going to be getting buckets like nobody's business. And then you see the the big lineups they have in Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba, who I was definitely high on when he came out of the draft. I mm-hmm. still think has an opportunity to do a lot in this league and just the way that they're able to set up and run their pick and rolls or get the spacing on the floor when they want it. Franz Wagner has a great opportunity to come in here, especially if they move on from Gary Harris to come straight into the starting lineup and, and really do something for them. Mm. It's a, it's an incredible young squad and guys who knew each other, like before they got to the NBA, like Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, I think even Mo Bamba, like they were all friends essentially before they got to the Orlando magic together, they all knew each other. They'd all been to caps together and all hung out together. And a lot of these young guys do that now. It's not uncommon, but to get three, four all on a team together when there's all on rookie deals and looking to make a name for themselves in the league is it points to just a chance for one of them, at least to just completely blow up and bring the rest of the boys with them. And if this Orlando magic team gets hot, I think there's a real shot that they definitely go into that, eight, nine, 10 range in the Eastern conference. Cause they got a lot of talented guys on this roster. If they start winning games, they decide to keep Gary Harris until the trade deadline and, and see what they want to do around then. It's going to be a, a very scary site for a lot of teams. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm really excited for what this Orlando magic team can become. I really think mm-hmm. that their, 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 their ceiling is like the roof, assuming health, assuming health, assuming, cause quite frankly, this team is, this team needs John Isaacs more than anything. Oh yeah. This team needs John Isaacs. Yes, mm-hmm. Wendell Carter is doing pretty well, but he's just, they, no one they need a defensive centerpiece and that guy is John Isaacs. They have him. They mm-hmm. have him. Maybe taking another year to tank assuming cuz it looks like from what I read Fultz is not back at the start of the season and from what I heard about Isaacs they are taking it slow. He is yeah. not he just recently started running. Mhm. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but it's what I heard and i'm hoping it's not because i'm a huge john isaacs fan just one of the best nicest guys in the league too by the way just to add to it like just yeah. absolutely one of the nicest guys in the league if we mm-hmm. get if they can go get a jalen duren i think it would be amazing for this team yeah i think that's this, this, the way we talked about the last team it's like oh no like what where, do they have a spot for for another guy this team has a hole for jalen duren they need jalen yeah. duren if they Bring can get Jalen Duren, if they if they can get Jalen Duren, I am penciling them in as a title team in the next four years. Suggs, Duren, Isaacs, if he can stay healthy, all these guards. I almost don't know what they're supposed to do for a starting five. I I don't know. I don't know. Do you start? Ant- I I part of me thinks you bring Anthony off the bench, kind of as like a super sixth man. You get RJ mm-hmm. and Suggs starting, but part of me is also like let Anthony show up and run this show. Let Suggs play some off ball. I don't know. There's just so many opportunities. This team is going to be so fun to watch. I yeah. hope. I really mm-hmm. hope. Um, mm-hmm. And Chumo Kiki, I mean, a young yeah. guy you mentioned at the top who's not a lot of people knew a lot coming up about him coming out of Auburn, but he's worked re- his his butt off to earn a spot in this league, and he's been incredible for them last year. Like, mm-hmm. he came in in that second half of the season when they were really just embracing the tank, and they finally gave him some minutes and let him go out there and show what he could do. And 
prove that he belongs in the NBA. He definitely deserves minutes on this team. And if Jonathan Isaac isn't going to be there to start the season, I wouldn't be surprised to see him starting out there at the four and, and really running the show. He's definitely not the defender Jonathan Isaac is because, as you mentioned, Jonathan Nobody Isaac is. is potentially one of the best defenders on the planet when he's healthy. Potentially. But, but while he's healthy, he might <laughs> while he's healthy, he might be one of the best defenders of all time, especially for their era. Mm-hmm. especially for this era especially yeah that's not to say like he is like he's not to say he's gonna wind up on a mount rushmore whether he needs to get healthy and do some winning before i can put him in that level but just mm-hmm. to say like when you watch him on the court the stuff that he does on defense is an all-time at its best is all-time level defense defensive performances yeah absolutely and i mean another part of this roster is the fact that they have so many like mid-sized low-level contracts that are very movable when they want to like that Rolo deal, five million one year, can be off the books. What essentially as soon as it's tradable, whenever mm-hmm. they want to. Terrence Ross is twelve five this year, eleven five next year. He's one of the best bench scorers in the NBA. I'm sure there'll be teams around the trade deadline that are looking around that need someone like that around their roster. Maybe the Miami Heat over there, not too far of a drive for him over there to switch teams. Mm-hmm. And so many guys that are going to be around the team, they still have an empty roster spot too. So maybe Iggy Brasdegas gets the call up. Maybe they bring back James Ennis. There's there's so many questions that still have to be answered with this Orlando Magic team, but the accumulation of the talent that they've put together on this 14-man roster right now, and once Markel Fultz comes back, it's going to just be a, a great show in Orlando, mm. and I'm super excited to be able to watch them way more often. I hope they get a lot more publicity and, and at least get some highlights showing all over the place. And I don't think there's any team that looks like they're having more fun when they're winning. Yeah. Like you and I got to watch that Cole Anthony buzzer beater together. Do you, that was yeah. awesome. That was just a team that, and I, I follow Michael Carter Williams on everything because I was a huge fan of him at Syracuse. And then I had the pleasure of playing with his little brother, little brothers, Marcus and Max. Mm. Shout out. Shout out to Marcus and Max Zagorowski. Shout out to Marcus. Go Brooklyn. Um, mm-hmm. This like, this team just loves each other in such a great way. It's so nice to see a team that cares for each other like that. I really hope they do some winning. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about either the contract? Okay, we can either talk about the about Wagner a bit because we haven't even mentioned him, or we could talk <laughs> a little bit about some trades that I see possible because I think that I have one that I think is really obvious. Let's talk Franz and we'll close it out with the trades. Perfect. Um, Franz Wagner went eighth overall and you teased me for being higher on him than you, but I am also not very high on him. <laughs> you just thought that he didn't even deserve to go in the first. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, obviously, obviously he was going to be a first round guy. Yes. First round talent, first round talent. But yeah, there was definitely some questions for both of us with Franz. I felt part of what I see with the Franz pick, I called it. I, by the way, that was one of the few picks that I like nailed. I nailed not only the, the spot. But the team, I was like, awesome. Very happy mm-hmm. with this. And I mean, that was just because they signed Mo. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I'm not even going to lie. When they signed Mo, I was like, why are we acting like they're going to take anybody else? Yeah. I would have still taken Moody. But I think that if this is supposed to be a fast turnaround and you see Moody more as a 2-3 than a 3-4, I see why you take Franz. Mm-hmm. I think Franz could really be a good 3. Just gets there, fills the spot. And they kind of do need a glue guy more than anything on yeah. this roster like we're talking about all these talents that they have all these guys that do stuff you need guys that can play around with that still need role players to fill out the squad <laughs> yeah 
You still need guys that are okay just spotting up, hitting their shots, playing some hard defense. And yes, Franz is not your lockdown man-to-man defender. Um, I, I, he's a very good. He's very good at positioning himself on defense, especially in the off-ball roles. Mm-hmm. Having that is going to be very nice for a team like this. And I think he struggled a lot in summer league, and a lot of people were giving were giving a lot of trash because of summer league. And I'm like, dude, he's so not a summer league player. Yeah, players that are in the right spot at the right time are not going to look good in summer league. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen, people are like saying, "Oh, Jalen Green looked better in summer league than Kate Cunningham. He should have gone number one overall." Da, da, da. Of course, Kate Cun- Jalen Green's gonna look better than Kate Cunningham in summer league. Jalen Green yeah. is a super monster athlete, one of the greatest athletes on the planet that plays basketball. I'm not gonna disrespect the sport of football like that. <laughs> Natural, just insane one-on-one score, which is essentially uh, what summer league is. <laughs> and just and just played in the G League. Just played yeah. against guys that are like this type of player. Like did just just men. did a whole year <laughs> against these type of guys. Kate Cunningham mm-hmm. has to go against guys. And he's like, oh, these guys are a little bigger than I'm used to, and yeah. he's not the super athlete. He needs his teammates to be in the right spot to help him. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, Jalen Green's gonna look good, and of course, Franz Wagner isn't. Yeah. If you had told me pick which rookie is going to underperform the most at summer league, even for what we expect of them, you know, say they got, like like someone got reached on, like, like I would have told mm-hmm. you Franz Wagner. Franz yeah. Wagner could have gone 30th and I would have said he's not going to do good in Summer League. He's going to be way better in the NBA than he is going to be in Summer League. Like, mm-hmm. like, quite frankly, I'm not going to be surprised when he is. He's a smart cutter. He's a smart shooter. He gets open. He relocates well. He's going to do a lot better in the league. Mm-hmm. And with the opportunity at that that 4-5, cause that is, or 3-4, because that is kind of where the Orlando Magic are staying, especially if John Isaac isn't ready to go at the beginning of the season. Like Carter Jr., Bamba, Lopez even Mo Wagner are pretty much all strictly fives at this point in their careers. And so Franz Wagner is going to have plenty of minutes to eat up at that four position if, when he wants them. And like you mentioned, when they have so much talent, just to have a guy out there who can consistently hit shots for you and put himself in the right places defensively, it can be a huge piece for him and can secure him a, a long and successful NBA career. Like not every NBA player, every high draft pick, every lottery pick needs to come in and put a franchise on their back and mm-hmm. save them. Like, you need to pick the guys that are going to fit right with your team and are going to help you assemble a, a winning championship level squad. And Franz Wagner, if he can grow and develop with these other young guys on this team, has a real opportunity to do that with them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, there's, no, and- there's nothing more I can add. There's nothing more I can really add on Franz. So yeah, yeah, like so when and he's like 19, so. also just want to put it out there, he's young. Mm-hmm. And getting really... to play with your brother in the NBA on the same team has got to be pretty wild. I like that a coming lot. from I, Germany. Like I, I like that a lot when you can go get brothers. Like especially even if you know, like even if Franz isn't going to be a superstar, Mo is still a more than serviceable NBA player. Mm-hmm. Being able to have him and Franz on the same team is going to be really nice for his adjustment. Even though I don't think he's, I'm too scared about his adjustment. He did two years in Michigan. Yeah, but still getting to the NBA, having a mentor like that in your big brother. It's got to be nice. It's going to be really nice. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if then when you have to cut him, it's going to be not nice, but we'll business see. Business is business at a certain Business point. is business. And I imagine that they got that drilled into them when they were both at Michigan. Yeah. I want to talk quickly about the players that they have available to trade in Orlando. Mm-hmm. In Orlando, you've got, I mean, we've gone through all the young talent. I imagine they're not trading any of these young guys. Maybe, maybe one of Bomba or Carter. Just because yeah. they're both eligible for paydays at the same time. And mm-hmm. one of them is probably not going to get paid. So you, you got to imagine, you know? Yeah. 
But you got Gary Harris at 20.5, essentially, 24.8. Mm. Terrence Ross, 12.5. You signed Robin Lopez to a $5 million deal to trade him. <laughs> to, yeah. to trade him, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. You signed him to trade him, and I respect it. I fully respect it. Business is business. <laughs> business is business. It's strictly financial. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so for Terrence Ross... His suitors are going to come out, I think, more towards the deadline. I think he's going yeah. to be a deadline trade player. Someone mm-hmm. who a team is like, hey, we could really use another scorer on our roster to get us to the next level. Maybe Portland. Maybe if Chicago wasn't hard-capped, I'd say them. Maybe it's an off-season move for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like They could kind of abuse. Abuse. They could. Chicago could sign Derek Jones Jr., sign and trade Derek Jones Jr. with a small raise to send him over to uh orlando to get back ross i think ross is either an offseason or a deadline move mm-hmm. one move that i think could happen sooner than later with the orlando magic gary harris is 20 and a half and yeah. uh robin lopez's five million are both expirings terrence ross mm-hmm. is the only guy with another year and it's at 11 5 for the for next season mm-hmm. if boston is serious about making a up making a run at bradley beal they're gonna have to get under the hard cap yep Yes, you can waive Horford and lose $10 million on him, but if you're already starting Robert Williams, why not just do Chris Dunn and Al Horford for Gary <laughs> Harris and Robin Lopez? It takes you under the hard cap for this season. Yeah. And, and it leaves you with enough space to go out and get Bradley Beal in a sign-and-trade next season, probably having to send out Marcus Smart. I don't know who else. I'm not going to start speculating on who's going to be in a sign and trade for a superstar. Mm-hmm. If it's going to be a billion picks or whatever, but if he does say, I want to go to Boston, you now have the facilities to do it. And if you're not starting Al Horford, the difference between Al Horford off your bench and Robin Lopez isn't huge. Getting Gary mm-hmm. Harris, Gary Harris can play. Yeah. Gary Harris can show up and play. He might even be okay. Giving money back in a buyout. If you want to really like keep lowering your costs. But you also mm-hmm. get below the tax line at Boston. Just everything about this screams like this move should just happen to me. <laughs> and so, hey, maybe it will. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely the the man on the... Sorry, my computer just made a noise if everybody heard that. Nope. Um, perfect then. No, there's definitely those guys in Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, Robin Lopez, like you mentioned, all are most likely not going to be on this Magic team by the time the trade deadline rolls around and is finished. But until then... I mean, Gary Harris can go to any team that's looking to make a championship run and give them very serviceable wing defensive minutes, knock down a few shots, and just play hard defense as much as he can. Robin Lopez, we saw what he can do last year in the the playoffs when it comes around. Just give him that ball in that eight to five foot range and let him operate, and he'll be guaranteed 10 and 10 for you right then and there. And I mean, it's it's a very exciting future for the Orlando Magic with what they could potentially get back for these guys if they decide to just get Al Horford and eat his contract or if they go try to go get some other assets from around the league. Mm-hmm. I think they, they have a lot of opportunities to make moves, and it's something that I'll be we'll be keeping an eye on for sure throughout the, the regular season. But for now, I'm just super excited to see, like, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, RJ Hampton, all in the mm-hmm. same squad just tearing it up. Mm-hmm. it's going to be such a fun team to watch definitely going to be a great league pass team and one of the best teams to watch when they're winning a game mm-hmm. yeah uh any anything more you want to add to this uh orlando magic team or i think i think, think i'm good for the the amway boys oh uh 
I just gotta say, yeah, I think this is a. I, I said I think this is a one-year tank job. Mm. I I think one of the real questions is okay. One of the real questions is when does this team start winning? If they don't just if they are not making a push to win right away, it's when do they start winning? Mm-hmm. You've got all your all your guards are on contract until 2023, 2024. All four of those guards that we listed. Yeah. John Isaac's on contract 2024-25. Same thing with Suggs and Wagner. Uh mm-hmm. Kiki's 2023, 2024. Pretty much all your young pieces are locked up past 2023-2024. Or to to that season. Except for Carter Jr. and Bomba. One of them will you'll probably extend one of them at least and an offer sheet has to be three years. So if you want one of them to be on their on your team at that point, or both of them, they will be. You can just mm-hmm. match their offer sheets and they will be. Mm-hmm. When do they, if they don't win next year, when is it for them? And is the team I mean, going to be ready for that? Like, sorry, no. When is it for them? And is the team going to be so good that you won't be able to keep tanking? Do you tank yeah. this season because this is your last chance? Mm-hmm. Or do you just let it play out? A lot of people have said a lot of great things about Jamal Mosley. I maybe this is maybe you you maybe you punt this season and take one more tank job, see if you can get a Duren, because I really think Duren would be insane on this team. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't. And if you don't, then I don't see this team being bad again in two years unless Suggs is really not as good as we thought. Yeah, that's the thing is I don't know how much longer after this season they'll be able to tank just with the talent on their roster, especially if they they do pull off a, a magnificent tank job this year and end up with a, a top three, top five pick again and can go out and get a guy like Jalen Duran. It's going to be a team that's just so good that by 2023, I think they'll be in the playoffs, whether they like it or not. And mm-hmm. Jamal Mosley, shout out to him for his first head coaching job in the NBA. And to have a four-year deal off rip, I think that means that Yes, they don't accept, necessarily believe that they're going to be competitive immediately, but by that time, that that third year of that four-year deal rolls around, I think he and the Orlando Magic are going to expect playoff performances and playoff time. And just a, an added wrinkle I thought of, because you kept mentioning Jalen Duran, is he's going to Memphis to, to play for Penny Hardaway. And obviously, Penny is a Orlando Magic legend, so there could be a little... Uh, behind the scenes work to get him a couple extra summer workouts or practices or things here and there throughout the season. You never know. There is a pro day coming up, I believe October 6th for these uh, Memphis Tigers to go mm. watch Imani Bates, Lester Canones, Jalen Duran, all these guys. And I, I know we said Jalen Duran a hundred times. Um, should I say it one more? Jalen Duran. <laughs> but like any of these guys, I think any of these big, wing forward guys would be really any of those top level wing forward guys assuming they pan out assuming mm-hmm. they look really good is a great pick paolo Bauncero could fit in really well with his inside out style game yeah uh, chet holmgren i could actually really unlock this team if isaacs comes back fully healthy and a little bit bigger if mm-hmm. isaacs is able to guard if isaacs wants to transition to maybe guarding fives full time yeah then i think holmgren could actually unlock this team even more than duren Duren mm. is the reason I like Duren more is because he also serves as Isaac's insurance. Yeah, because he can switch around big. on defense a lot more. Mm-hmm. But if Isaac's is able to put this injury bug behind him, then there's no reason that Holmgren can be the one to unlock this. There's no reason that Bonchero can't show why he is the guy that should open up this uh, this team. And obviously, yeah. yes, if they draft a wing or a forward, it's still going to be good. But I just see like a or a wing or a guard. But I just see like one of these four or five hybrid post center type guys could be the uh, the linchpin that opens this uh 
magic this magic grenade up on the league mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. i'm i'm good for it last good. thing i gotta say from the sports world this week shout out img academy football team just absolutely smacking a team of grown men playing high school football that was hilarious and um, it's i don't know the rest of the world's reaction to it seemed pretty up and down I thought it was really funny that a team of grown men lost 58 to nothing. And some of them got like, not funny, but some of them did get like seriously injured trying to play football against high school kids. And it's just like, go back to McDonald's, bro. Like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> no, that was an embarrassment. I loved watching ESPN start making fun of the uh, BS high in the middle. That was something. Uh, mm -hmm. That was something. That was something. Yeah. Um, at what point do we just, at what point do they make a super league for uh, high school football? Right after they finish making the Super League for college football in the SEC, I really think that a Super League would be great for college football. If they just, uh, if they were just like, look, we're gonna have a regular football playoff for every other team, but Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. By the way, Ohio State crazy game yesterday. Oh my yeah. god! I was watching it with my friend. I was watching it with my friend. Minnesota had that touchdown to make it a one-score game. I believe it was thirty-five. Um, what was mm -hmm. it? it was 30, thirty-five twenty-eight, I believe, or something like that. I can't remember exactly. And then he goes, I, I really think that, that Ohio State might, might mess this up. <laughs> nope. Nah. He goes, Wait, maybe he went out of bounds. Nope. Nah. <laughs> that was just a crazy run. Great, great. I guess it would be gridiron awareness. <laughs> mm -hmm. Great paint awareness. <laughs> to not step out of bounds on that run. Getting all yeah. the way in for another touchdown. Beautiful, beautiful to watch. Just Big an out, absolute outclassing by Ohio State. Um, but just getting like those top programs into a league of like eight to 12 teams and like the top four get to do one playoff. And then all the other teams get to do a playoff. Maybe, the, maybe the winner or the top two teams get the top two slots in the super league and the last two teams get reclassed or something. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. There's, there's something there. I think it would be way more interesting and allow for a little more, I guess, call it parody. Mm. It, it's definitely on the way with, with Oklahoma and um, man, I'm going to, get well not crucified but i'm gonna get slander for this because i don't remember who the other team is that's moving to the sec in 2025 but i think it's oklahoma and texas are both transferring to the sec both for like football basketball for all sports it, it is the first step to a pathway of just college sport super conferences because that you can't have lsu oklahoma clemson bama all in the same conference in the regular season like it just doesn't make sense mm -hmm. And Texas, it no is Texas and Oklahoma, by the way. Just want to yeah. say, you got it right. Don't worry. Perfect, perfect. All right, we've been, we've been going for a bit. I think now's a great time to call it. Um, mm -hmm. This has been uh, the Ball Talk Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe. If you're listening to us on a podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, wherever, Amazon Podcast, Google Podcast, rate, review, subscribe, whatever you can do. Every time you do it, it matters. Give us five stars, please. Uh, mm -hmm. It just helps us get our word out. Uh, if you're listening to this, follow us on Instagram at Ball Talk Official. Follow, you know, follow me on Twitter at uh, at Jay Z Sock. Always tweeting trade ideas. There was a DeAndre Jordan trade I came up with. Um, mm -hmm. Just trying to get that buyout even lower for the Brooklyn Nets. I'm surprised we haven't. That's probably why there isn't a buyout. By the way, didn't say it, but yeah, <laughs> there probably isn't a buyout because they're trying to find us someone to trade for with a smaller cap hit. Um, mm. Uh, yeah, and until next time, this has been Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. It's Ball Talk. 
It's ball talk, baby. It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. Baby, 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 baby.